Well, aloha from Maui, Hawaii. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Michael Benner with you. This is the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. It's June 12th, 2011, although this program, of course, is available both streaming from theagelesswisdom.com and podcasts through the iTunes store and available not only through iTunes, but any other podcatcher or aggregator that you may have on your machine. So whether listening live or through the magic of uh, podcasting, welcome. Great to be here. Great to have you here. We're doing lesson three today from the Kabbalion. This is the principle of vibration, the idea that nothing is at rest, everything moves, everything vibrates. Like the other principles of the Kabbalion, though they are thousands of years old, these teachings have all been verified by empirical science. And now, in the year 2011, you're not going to get any argument from any scientist about the idea that everything is in motion. Nothing is at rest in spite of its appearance might look at a brick and think, well, the brick is not moving, but uh, you know it is if you remember just a little bit of elementary school or junior high school science. You know, it's made up of tiny particles that are dancing and whizzing around in their particular orbits, and that there's also a decay process going on, a birth and a death within that, and to your shall I say, gross physical senses, the brick does not seem to be moving, but in fact it is. Then we bring in Einstein's theory of relativity, and it's easy enough to say, well, that matter, that material, that brick, is actually a manifestation of some sort of energy. Einstein put the equal sign between energy and mass. E equals M at the speed of light squared. So, Einstein proved they were convertible, two forms of the same thing, that this is just a universe of energy, some of which vibrates so slowly that it appears to take on a solid form. But of course, the hand that reaches out and touches the brick or lifts the brick is also not as solid as it would seem, and certainly not still but a dance of particles that are vibrating, spinning, leaping, dancing, if you will. So what are the implications of living in a universe of multiple vibrations? What are the implications, especially in the context of our first two principles, that everything is mind, the first principle of the Kabbalion, mentalism, And secondly, the law of correspondence. That which is above is equal to that which is below. Spirit and matter, again, two forms of the same thing. So we'll talk a little about transmutation today. Transformation, in alchemy, is usually called transmutation. It's metamorphosis when the caterpillar becomes the butterfly, It's redemption when you look at things from a religious, particularly Christian perspective, 
This is lead into gold. This is water into wine. This is turning a negative into a positive and using the mind and the principles of the mind to affect. And we'll talk more in a couple of weeks about the law of cause and effect and exactly how that works. But everything in the universe has an effect behind it. Things don't just happen. What appears to be chance is merely an effect that you do not recognize. But there is no chance. There really is no randomness. Everything happens for a reason, whether we understand it or not. At least that's the principle of the Kabbalion. And again, not only with regard to the Kabbalion, but the mystery school in general, I want to remind you that we have no desire here to be in any way dogmatic. And uh, you are welcome to accept or reject any of these principles. Indeed, encouraged to make up your own mind, even in a given presentation, a particular book or a particular chapter from a book. If parts of it resonate as true for you, fine. Hold on to it. Incorporate it into your life. If other parts you don't get, you could reject. Or better yet, sort of put on hold until you have a better understanding of how they fit. But what's different between a philosophical approach to truth and religion is we're about the questions. Always looking for answers to ask ever better questions. And the emphasis has to be on you making up your own mind and deciding for yourself how you feel about things. There is no, how shall I say, authority here. No particular dogma. There's a doctrine, there are principles, there are laws that I have studied and that I'm offering to teach you. But certainly in the spirit of personal responsibility, they have to resonate as true for you. Uh, so this is not religion and this is nothing that you must accept or or believe. It's school. You, <laughs> hopefully you'll understand the concept. Hmm. So, I uh, want to talk a little bit about the mystery school training that we're going to add in a couple of weeks. Uh, a response, really, to a number of people that have said, I like the mystery school. I really like it a lot. I like the subject material. I like the meditation part at the end. I like the questions, whatever. But instead of doing a different topic each week, couldn't you bear down on a particular subject for many weeks and go into depth on a particular concept or a book? and do something that would be more akin to a training. Uh, do it for maybe a smaller, more select group, and a, a kind of a class where we pay a premium in order to get premium content, not instead of what you're doing, but in addition to what you've always been doing. So in uh, about four weeks, we're going to begin 
the mystery school training in addition to this regular mystery school that meets at 1 o'clock West Coast time, 4 in the East. And um, this will continue to be available also by podcast and all of it free. Uh, But in addition, we're going to begin the Mystery School training. And that's one of the reasons I chose to do the Kabbalion in seven parts. As a demonstration, what we're doing now is very much like what the training is going to be. In other words, uh, the Mystery School will come on at 1 o'clock Pacific, and I'll share with you my feelings about current events and what's going on in the world. I'll talk about that upcoming topic in the training. Um, I'll share with you a little bit of what I've been working on in my own life and encountering in my private counseling work. I'm sure most of you know I do private one-on-one training in, in counseling over the telephone. I find that very inspiring and Without betraying any confidence, of course, we'll share some of what's going on there. Talk a little bit about this topic or that topic having to do with human potential. Really won't change that much and probably run about 30 minutes. And then we'll take a short break and come back. And those who have purchased the training will get a password via email to allow them to log back in in a password-protected site. And the only students, of course, will be those who are paying the tuition for the training. So the Mystery School will continue to meet at 1 o'clock. I'm not exactly sure the start time for the training, but it'll follow soon thereafter, maybe 1.30, 1.45, something like that. And... Um, Again, that'll be a pay-per-view thing. You can either buy the uh, tuition one at a time. Um, it'll be about six ninety-five. Here, I made some notes. Through there. If you buy the individual class, it'll be six ninety-five per class for the training. Again, the mystery school itself remains free. If you buy a term at thirteen weeks. That's fifty nine ninety five. That will take the price down to $4.61. And uh, if you buy an entire year, it'll only be $3.27, which you've got to admit between three twenty seven and $6.95 is uh, pretty reasonable for the kind of training you get. It'll have a video channel which we currently have not used and don't have. And, um, of course, you'll have the opportunity to talk to me uh, privately and personally. And, um, again, it'll be an option for those who are really serious about your personal growth. And this will continue to be here for those of you who feel you haven't got 4 or $5 or $6 a class, whatever. And uh, we'll continue to do this, continue to podcast it. But for those of you who want to get serious and for less than, much less than the cost of a paperback book on the order of a Starbucks coffee, you you can get a training. And uh, like everything else, the uh, 
the more you commit to it, the more you're going to get from it, and the less expensive it'll be. Uh, hardly a, just a token fee to uh, help pay the broadband costs of putting this out. We now have several thousand subscribers to the Mystery School in 35 countries around the world, and um, putting this out for free uh, means that at some point we have some pretty significant broadband costs and at some point got to generate just a little bit of revenue uh, to cover that. So I'm sure you understand. And uh, so stay tuned for that. Watch the uh, newsletter. I'm sure you're getting the newsletter. If not, you can subscribe easily. Simply go to theagelesswisdom.com. The W's dot theagelesswisdom.com. And on the immediate splash page, the very first page you come to, you'll see a big button that says free newsletter. Just click on that and fill out the form. All I really need is a first name and an email address. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And the newsletter is really the best way to keep track of what's going on. And uh, so be sure you're subscribed to that. Listen to these programs in the future. As the date approaches, we'll have a specific date and time for you. But as I say, it'll be about a month from now when the uh, pay-per-view training starts. One of the nice features, by the way, of getting the training is the tuition that I talked about. Um, if you buy a term of 13 weeks or a year subscription, it will include our premium audio program, Finding Yourself in Paradise. This is a program I do with my business partner, Steve Snyder. He and I have worked together on and off for, gosh, 30, 35 years. Uh, he is a personal development expert, a CEO trainer. Steve has traveled all around the world and spoken in something like uh, 95 countries, I think maybe 100 countries, done over 900 speeches to CEO groups all around the world on developing yourself using the powers of the mind and emotional intelligence and when Steve and I get together, as we do in this premium, um, I can't call it a podcast because technically podcasts are free and do not provide premium content. Um, it's a, a lot like the difference between what we've been doing here and what we're going to begin to do with the training. Finding Yourself in Paradise is at our sister site, you can get a free account with some sample programs over there, focusedpassion.com. You should bookmark that and check it out. Be sure you get a free account simply by leaving your name and email address. Get set up with a built-in player on that page, and uh, you can get six free programs. I want to give you a little taste, like a two- or three-minute soundbite of a program Steve and I did a couple of weeks ago, a week before last, on healing emotional pain. 
is a studio quality programs. If you're listening to the Mystery School and not a subscriber at Focused Passion, uh, you're really missing a lot. So I want to give you a little two or three minute sound bite of that and also let you know that if you do pay for the training here at the Mystery School that will begin in a few weeks, again, it's only, what did I say here? If you buy a term of 13 weeks, it's 365 a week. And if you buy a year, it's only 327 a week. That'll include this subscription to the second feed program of content, Finding Yourself in Paradise. Here's a little bit of Steve and I doing a program on emotional healing from just a couple of weeks ago. And we'll be right back with the Kabbalion class. Stay with us. Why carry all of that pain, all that heartache, and all of that hurt when you could follow it, you see, and learn the liberating lesson that it is a symptom of? We're very well designed, you see. This is not something to be avoided when you get emotional pain, just like physical pain. Turn, pay attention to it, take a look at it. It's really trying to help you out. And what physiologically happens is when you remember something that was painful, something that hurt you, uh, whether it was really hurtful or you just interpreted it that way, you know, it's still you, you experience the hurt from it, then that codes itself in your body. You feel that, and it causes your body to breathe shallower and to tighten its musculature. It, you, you tighten your muscle, and you, you move into a fear state. You move into a, this could hurt me, I, I, I'm in danger here state, okay? When you remember something that hurts and it's really painful, the pain causes you to do that. Now, with consciousness, with conscious awareness, you can bring the adult you in to look at that pain again and maybe have that instant feeling, but then you can choose to look at that experience, remember that experience, and breathe very deeply in a way where your brain goes, oh, I'm safe. I mean, I never breathe like this unless I'm safe. This is how I breathe when I'm safe, so I must be safe. And therefore, I'm looking at this painful experiences, this um, hurtful experience I have coded in me that every time I looked at it caused me so much pain and now it's not hurting anymore. Now it feels, I'm just remembering it. Now it's just, I feel safe now. And all of a sudden now in that memory bank I have full of experiences with this painful thing. Every time I think about it I get this, and now I got this one thing. So overall now my fear of this painful experience is diminished just a tiny, tiny little bit. But that's hugely, hugely important because the worst part about fear is the fear it's going to get worse. And if you know you've already handled it at its worst, and the next time you look at it, it'll be even less, and the next time even less, what a relief that is. So the idea is we take this adult, conscious, purposeful self into this experience of purposely remembering things that hurt, and breathing deeply into them, convincing our brain that they're no longer potentially painful anymore. The, the memory is valuable. I want to hold on to it forever, but it doesn't have the power to make me go anymore. And that's 
taking its power away. And so all of a sudden you can look at things like I can look at my father having deserted me as a, as a kid and, and see it from a completely different place. I mean, I remember exactly what happened, but it just doesn't hurt anymore. It, it, you know, I, all the hurt's gone. You know, it was a long, long time ago. And, and uh, I, I've, I've acknowledged all the great things that I've been able to accomplish because of it and all the adversity being the diamond dust often, you know. I mean, much of my life is because of things that hurt. That's Steve Snyder with me at the beginning there, just a little taste, a little sound bite of the premium audio program, Finding Yourself in Paradise, a weekly uh, premium, as they say, a program on personal empowerment and personal development from our sister site, FocusedPassion.com. These programs are available once you set up the free account for four ninety five and you can subscribe for an eighty percent discount only ninety nine cents apiece. You know these are as affordable as we can possibly make them. Imagine an hour presentation, usually forty five minutes fifty minutes fifty five minutes pretty close to an hour uh for ninety nine cents. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just the bargain of a lifetime. And uh, so you can buy the individual programs from the archives for four ninety five, or subscribe, as I say, for three ninety six a month. That's an 80% discount. But if you subscribe to the training, the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School training, that's coming up in a couple of weeks, that'll be included in the tuition. Okay. So, again, watch the newsletter, um, watch the website, FocusedPassion.com, and particularly TheAgelessWisdom.com for more information on the start date and the time and how to enroll and, and be part of this. You know, this is less than you're spending on books. If you're serious about human potential and developing yourself, you should have a pretty good collection of self-help literature at this point. And uh, we're happy to bring this to you. The Mystery School that you're listening to now will continue to be here and continue to be absolutely free. And the archives will always be open. More than 160 past programs continue to be available absolutely free of charge. So something for everybody. Okay. That's the good news, the exciting news about the upcoming training and the premium uh, content that we're beginning to provide in both cases now. All right, let's uh, do our lesson of the day then. Number three, the principle of vibration from the book of the Kabbalion, an ancient hermetic in Greek philosophy. Again, our first principle was the principle of mentalism, that everything is mind, that there is but one mind at work in the universe, that what you call your mind, your consciousness, or your awareness, your ability to think, and the corresponding emotions that are part of that whole mental process, that each seeming individual is really a unit or a fragment or a part of the one mind. Now in religion, 
people would refer to this as God or the creator or the divine being. But the mistake religion usually makes is because we live in a world of three-dimensional form, the concept of God is usually portrayed as having a three-dimensional form. To make things even sillier, we make God in our image. So we, in our pictures and our paintings and our statues, portray God as a man, usually an old guy, right? Looks sort of like Moses, long beard, was like Jesus' dad, right? In a body, in a form, and separated very far away. The idea that God is the totality, the ocean of consciousness, that what people have called God is not a form, but a spirit, an ocean, if you will, that contains the universe, and that all apparently separated things are within this field of consciousness that is divinity itself. And, of course, that divinity is in each of these separated things. The the all is in the all, where everything is in the one, and the one is in every seemingly separated thing. This is a very important concept, number one, in embracing mysticism, which is found in every religion, but in the past has been too esoteric, uh, too abstract, perhaps, for most people to consider. And so they've pulled on the simpler version from religion, that God is a man on a cloud who lives very far away. Well, I won't dwell upon the implications, but you can begin to imagine some of the implications of considering that God is not separated and not very far away, but in everything. That means everything is sacred. It means when you greet someone, and maybe you're familiar with the term from the East, namaste, you may hear somebody say, or you may even say namaste when you greet someone. Well, what does that mean? Do you have any idea what you're saying? I mean, essentially it means I greet the divine within you. I'm looking at your physical form. I'm looking at your body, at your face. I see you standing there, but I greet the God that is within you and that is within all things. In these animals over here, in these plants and vegetables, in the mineral kingdom, in the sky, in the clouds, in the wind, in the trees, in all things, everything is sacred. Well, that's a very different view, right? That really, uh, the implications of that in terms of love your neighbor are also (laughs) pretty profound. You begin to realize, as you come to understand when you study the environment and the ecology, the way everything is connected and inter-reliant and interdependent. And so everyone becomes your neighbor. There is nobody here called them. All right. And when somebody says to you, well, 
you've got to make a choice. You're either on our side or their side. You're either with us or against us, as one of our past presidents said not so long ago. You need to adjust for that. And remember, that's obsolete and archaic thinking, that there is only us. There is no them. Humanity is here as a single family. And we do all the wonderful and all the horrible things. And each and every one of us, every individual, is capable of wonderful and horrible things. We have divinity within us, but we also have shadow, the so-called ego, the part of us that identifies with the separated being. And that part is very fear-based and capable of doing perfectly horrible horrible things to the detriment of society and humanity and of course because of the laws of karma and, and, and reincarnation to ourselves as well the second principle we talked about last week is a principle of correspondence as above so below and if you missed that program again it's in the archives I strongly encourage you to go back and listen very carefully because although we'll talk more about polarity in a couple of weeks, the principle of polarity is one of the seven we'll discuss, that when we talk about above and below, about spirit and matter, or energy and mass, we put the equal sign between the two, talk about how they are two forms of the same thing. Mass is energy, or spirit vibrating at its lowest frequency. Spirit is mass or matter vibrating at a very high, very rarefied frequency, so too high for the physical senses to discern. But the mind can discern it through its vibration. And that brings us to today, the principle of vibration, the third principle in the Kabbalion, that nothing is at rest in spite of its appearance. Everything, like a river, has a flow to it. It has its season. And I'd like to talk to you about that a little bit. You can think of what you know of the molecular structure of things, that in spite of appearing solid, even our physical body is mostly empty space. That the distance between the electrons and the nucleus of an atom, the distance between the various molecules in your body that comprise all that is physical about your physical body, is on the order of the solar system in that the planets themselves compared to the space between are very, very small. And the space between the planets in our solar system is 99.999% of what you're looking at. It's mostly open space. And so it is for your physical body. And when your hand reaches out to touch a brick and your physical senses say to you, that's solid. Remember that that's only an appearance. That 
what is substantial about the brick and what is substantial about the hand or the fingers that touches the brick is the magnetic energy, not the particles themselves. Because the particles are vibrating. They're dancing. They're spinning. They're leaping around. On the subatomic level, some particles are flashing out of existence and coming back into existence. It's a lot like turning on an incandescent light bulb, and it may look like a steady stream of light because your senses cannot discern the fact that that light bulb is flashing 60 times per second. It really is. If you remember again from grade school or certainly junior high school, the concept of alternating current electricity in your home and most industrial settings commercial settings, that's alternating current. And its frequency, its rate of vibration is 60 cycles per second in the United States. In Europe and much of the world, it's 50 cycles per second. But that's how often the electricity is reversing its direction back and forth. And the reason for that is to make the electricity more powerful and more efficient a direct current like you have in a flashlight or with a battery this is what Edison by the way wanted to set up it would have required a power station every mile to boost the current and alternating current which was invented by Tesla was uh, thought by Edison to be much more dangerous in fact, Edison invented the electric chair to demonstrate how dangerous alternating current was. Tesla would do demonstrations and uh, grab the electrodes of electricity, and his hair would stand up, and he literally he would throw these lightning bolts across the room. It was incredible, explaining all the time that he could handle enormous voltage that it was the amperage that was dangerous, not the voltage. Tragically, even today, most people, though it's very simple, electricity partly remains a mystery. Much of electricity we in, in its relationship to magnetism is still very difficult to understand, but the basics of how it works, Ohm's Law, for example, the idea of amperage and voltage and resistance, pretty simple stuff. And there's no reason that we shouldn't all understand it. Indeed, as students who are interested in spirituality and the nature of spirit, it's really in your interest to recognize that spirit is an energy and it behaves very much like electricity, like electromagnetism, like radio or television. And so to expose yourself, to, to maybe buy for yourself the simplest or, or rent from the library, if you still have a library in your town, uh, the most simple book on electricity and electronics will really serve you well 
as you study metaphysics and spirit and the laws of mind. Because at the end of the day, the heart, the emotional nature, and the consciousness that stands above it, small L love and capital L love, uh, emotion and the consciousness are magnetic. And the implications of love as magnetic in karma and reincarnation, and we're talking about alchemy in this class, transmutation, uh, the law of attraction and creating your reality, magnetizing an outcome, all very significant, very, very important. Okay. So you might want to expose yourself to a little bit of that, and if it never made sense to you, find somebody that does understand it, or as I say, buy a book or or borrow one, and just read up a little bit. You'll be amazed how it will open your mind in the area of spirituality and, and philosophy and metaphysics to begin to understand basic electromagnetism. All right. This idea then of vibration or oscillation of something having a frequency pervades the universe. Matter, which appears to be still unmoving, is really a dance of particles that are vibrating and oscillating. Each matter, each form of matter, each element, each chemical compound has its own vibratory rate. In the same way, spirit is energy. Energy is spirit. It has its own vibratory rate. It vibrates. It oscillates. It has frequency, amplitude, a period. And this is not only true for spirit and matter, or all energy and matter and spirit, but mind as well. Mind vibrates. Mind is a vibratory agent. You can adjust the frequency of mind. You have access to different mental frequencies, just as picking up a guitar or uh, ukulele or putting your fingertips on a piano keyboard gives you access to all these different notes. Each string that produces a note is a different length and often a different diameter. And so when the string is plucked on the guitar or hit with a little felt hammer on the piano, it vibrates at a different rate. Sometimes those frequencies are multiples of each other, and you get a perfect octave, seven notes. A perfect octave, the same note, exactly twice as fast or half as fast. That would be an octave. A below middle C on a piano keyboard is 440 cycles per second. That's how fast a string has to vibrate to produce the note A. Unless it vibrates exactly twice as fast. 880 cycles per second is also the note A but a full octave higher on the keyboard, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, a full octave, da-da-da, right? 
That's exactly double. That's pretty cool. Or half. You could also find an A down in the left side of the keyboard at 220, you see, or at 110. These are frequencies, and so the note B and the note C and D and so on have their frequencies up through G, and then it repeats because you've come round again to the multiple of the same frequency. And when you understand music on this level, you can feel the, these vibrations and allow yourself to be strongly affected by and, and moved by the vibratory nature of music and sound. Well, again, if we pull on a little bit of junior high school science, you understand the colors of light to be exactly the same phenomena. What makes red different from green is the frequency of the light. The red is a much lower color. The highest color, if you look at a rainbow, or if you split white light with a prism, you get this beautiful rainbow running from red up through violet. And each one of these is spread out. It's refracted by the prism at a different angle, causing this beautiful rainbow effect, because each has a different vibratory rate. Each is a different frequency. Well, now, the mind does the same thing. The mind has its frequencies, and I'll talk about the way scientists have categorized the delta, theta, alpha, and beta. Don't be put off, but those are just Greek letters. Four regions or four ranges of brainwave frequencies, four vibratory rates that affect your level of consciousness or awareness from sound asleep and unconscious on one end, like the red end, if you will, up through the violet end, which in this case would correspond to some kind of manic episode or panic or freakout. The ideal is in the middle in terms of the frequencies of mind. And I'll come back and talk about that in just a minute. Then again, we'll take your questions and comments. So if you're with us live today, you might want to be thinking about that. And uh, any questions or comments you might have, particularly questions, I'd love to respond to your questions. Help me fill in the gaps if I'd left something out. And I will. There's, <laughs> there's a lot I'm going to leave out. Uh, I, I often go to radio as an example of, as I've already indicated, spirit, spirituality, and metaphysics. Radio is so magical. I'm convinced that my interest in amateur radio and later commercial radio and and getting my bachelor's degree in radio and television and becoming a broadcaster, all of that was a way of my higher self seducing me into an interest of metaphysics and mysticism and spirituality because reality vibrates. That's our lesson for the day today, and it's very much like radio. But think about the ethers, if you will, the ocean 
whether it's atmosphere or the void of space, you know that radio travels through space. We still get radio signals in Pasadena at the Jet Propulsion Lab from Voyager, uh, a little space probe that was launched 30 years ago, 35 years ago, I think. Um, and it's way beyond our solar system, moving out into interstellar, intergalactic space where there is no atmosphere, the void of space, and yet we're still getting radio signals from that satellite in Pasadena. They're still getting telemetry, still getting good information and data from the space probe. So radio travels, whether it's through an atmosphere or or through a vacuum. And if you consider right now, wherever it is that you happen to be sitting, there are hundreds and perhaps thousands of radio waves all around you. And if you had a radio in front of you, an AM radio or an FM radio, or for that matter, a television, and you started turning the channel on the TV, or you start tuning the AM or FM radio up and down the dial, you're going to hear all these different radio signals. You might hear music on one station, a different kind of music on another station, a talk show, a news program, different people in different places. And yet, you don't have to move the radio around. Wherever you move the radio, the signal is there. In other words, the signal is present everywhere. Every, that, that's, let me think about that. In metaphysics, we talk about spirit being everywhere equally present as love, as consciousness. The only difference between radio is it's everywhere not equally present because it fades. Uh, the farther away you get from the radio source, the more it decays or fades or the weaker the signal becomes. The spirit or consciousness is everywhere equally present because it doesn't fade. Right? It, the source is everywhere, so there is no distance in spirit. Spirit emanates from a place beyond space and time. It's like an ocean. So how did these radio stations remain discreet? Why, when you tune up and down the AM or FM dial, do you hear a different radio station uh, next to a different radio station and they don't all get jumbled up? And you say, well, they're different frequencies. Exactly. So I'll use LA Radio as an example. Um, you might find uh, KABC at 790 on the dial, 790 kilohertz, 790,000 cycles per second is the frequency of the information they broadcast. Well, a little lower on the band at 640 kilohertz is another radio station, KLAC, as I recall, 
and they're broadcasting here at 710. You've got KMPC. They're broadcasting on a different frequency. And so the frequencies are discrete. That's why they don't get mixed up. Well, this is a metaphysical understanding of material form. That what keeps this physical object discrete is not its atomic number. Let's say it's a pure element. It's, um, well, hydrogen has an atomic number of one. Helium has an atomic number of two. That's the number of protons in the nucleus, and in most cases, the number of electrons as well. And uh, that's according to science as we've been taught what distinguishes each element. Hydrogen, helium, all the way through the gases and the metals. Uh, you know, what's the difference between lead and gold? Well, a, a chemist will tell you it's the atomic number. The difference between lead and gold is the number of protons in the nucleus of the atom, which again, as I said, is usually equal to the number of electrons as well. Proton having a positive charge, electron a negative charge, they balance each other out. So if you could change the number of protons and electrons in a particular atom, you could change it from lead to gold. That's if you ask a chemist. If you ask an alchemist, however, they'll tell you the difference between lead and gold is the frequency. And the way to change lead to gold is to use the mind to lift the frequency of the lead to match the frequency of the gold. Now, the point is that this is an allegory, as is changing water to wine, an allegory. Did Christ actually do that? Doesn't matter. Perhaps. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that it's absolutely impossible. I'm just saying what's important about changing water to wine or lead to gold is transmutation, the alchemical concept that you can change circumstances in your life, situations, relationships, not only manifest, but redeem, uplift the frequency of that which is already in manifestation with your mind. This is the law of attraction, and people usually think of you know, uh, bewitched or something where you wiggle your nose or Harry Potter and you say in some sort of incantation and there's a poof of smoke and uh, material objects manifest as if that's magic. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the mind as cause in a universe of cause and effect Lifting the frequency of a negative or undesirable situation, redeeming it, if you will, saving it, lifting it from simple water to wine or lead to something more valuable like gold. But it's an allegory for affecting the outcome of a circumstance or a situation, a relationship, creating opportunities, 
turning lemons into lemonade. Somebody says, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. You know they're not talking about real lemons or real lemonade. (laughs) They're talking about adjusting your attitude and finding an opportunity in there. And so it is with the alchemical concept of transmutation, turning lead into gold. You have the ability to affect the vibratory rate of your mind and so affect the outcome of the situation. You can turn a negative into a positive. You have that ability. You say, well, some people just have that magic. They have that charisma. They have that effect on other people. Who knows how they do it? Well, I know how they do it, and you have a pretty good idea how they do it, or you wouldn't be here. Uh, That's what the study is about, and it requires practice to see your life as an opportunity to move more energy and to refine that which is undesirable into that which is desirable, to uplift and improve upon that which is negative and destructful and make it life-affirming and constructive to replace a negative with a positive. You can do this with attitude, with belief, with faith, with the spiritual power that is will and love. All right? Willpower and imagination is another word for love, interestingly. I can't dwell upon that right now, but when we talk about the mind, we talk about the will and the imagination. Well, the free will is more the mental part. The imagination is more the emotional part. But you can't separate the emotional from the mental. There's an interaction. In the same way, you can't separate the mental-emotional from the physical. Everything is connected, right? Everything is one. This is the first principle of the Kabbalion, mentalism, all is mind. Now you say, well, what about the mind vibrates? Well, a couple of things. First of all, there are these very rarefied energies, these non-physical or metaphysical, meta meaning behind or beyond physics, these energies which the alchemist is proposing makes this object unique from this object over here just like the two radio stations don't get mixed up because they're being broadcast on different frequencies they're discrete so these objects are separated not only by their atomic number but perhaps by their frequency as well as the circumstances surrounding the objects all right But in the simplest way, when we approach mind as that which vibrates, we need to understand brainwaves and the basics of brainwaves. Watching my clock here, because time is really flying by. Brainwaves, as I've already suggested, run through four channels. It's really a spectrum or a continuum from one cycle through 40 cycles per second 
that's broken rather arbitrarily into four channels. The lowest, called delta, is zero to four cycles per second. When you're in deep, non-dream sleep, unconscious, knocked out, passed out, asleep, and not dreaming, you're generating brain waves that vibrate between zero, between one, or a fraction of one, and four cycles per second. If your mental activity begins to vibrate a little faster, between four and seven or eight cycles per second, you're now said to be in the theta range. And if you're unconscious, this is where you would dream. And those dreams would be accompanied by very strong, vivid, hypnagogic imagery. That's the theta level. To be in that level while you're awake is possible for a trained meditator. Again, they're accompanied by very strong, what would in this case be a lucid kind of a dream, very powerful guided imagery and visualization. If your mind is vibrating, and you're either an effect or a cause of it, between 8 and 12 cycles per second, this is known as the alpha brainwave level. This is really the heart and soul. This is the middle. You want, when you meditate or to focus your mind, to access all of the powers of the subconscious, you want to be in that 10-cycle plus or minus range between 8 and 12, the alpha brainwave level. And if you open your mind wide awake, we sometimes call alpha narrow awake, if you open your eyes and seek physical stimulus through the other senses, you go out into the world, begin to do your work, start to worry and get stressed out, overstimulated, the brainwave frequency goes higher and higher and higher and higher into the 20s and even into the 30s, where in the upper 30s you start to feel absolutely manic and panicky. And this is where the so-called stress attack or panic attack happens as you move into the mid and upper 30s. Too much stimulus, overwhelmed, unconscious on one end, panic attack on the other end, most people tend to be too high in their mental frequencies and have yet to learn, present company excluded, how to breathe, release muscular tension, and lower those frequencies into a focused, relaxed, you know, concentration paying attention, mental focus, is a relaxation skill. You get there in the same way you fall asleep, except you float in alpha instead of going all the way down into unconsciousness. Once you're in that level, you can use the mind to affect the vibratory rate of the circumstance around you, to influence other people, you can have a very calming effect on them. The best way to win an argument is not to present some logical argument out of a high-stress, panicked place, 
but to present your good facts in a calm and reassuring way that helps the person you're trying to persuade to feel safe and relaxed. And then they're more open to the sympathetic vibration of your mentality, and they begin to understand. But you have to take the threat away. That's why most people are so bad at arguing, because they get tense. And the more you talk to them, the less likely they are to uh, understand, but rather dig in their heels and defend their own position. So there's a real skill, a real talent to persuasion here. This is where magic begins. This is real magic. Affecting, again, it's not Harry Potter, wave a wand, say an incantation, and poof, things appear. It's more using the mind to relax yourself, create the focus to adjust for negativity in the world and substitute a positive, desirable outcome for it. Situations, circumstances, relationships, opportunities, and yes, physical objects, not only manifesting, but refining, improving, transmuting, like water into wine. This is also the fishes and the loaves, right? This is the allegory here, and it's a very real process that you can learn to do to wield consciousness as an instrument to use the mind. But you have to understand that everything is vibration. Again, study electricity, electronics, a little bit of electromagnetism and radio, and that'll help you a lot in this regard. And also music and color as frequency. That'll help also with your understanding. All right, in terms of real time, it's 13 after... I really am running late, so let me check and see uh, what questions and comments we may have here today. Thank you for coming. We have a real good attendance. I do not see any hands raised and probably wouldn't have time for it anyway. Nice turnout, though. We have people from all across the United States here. Let's go to the uh, question page and check the text responses for questions and comments and just say hello to a few people that are here uh, Greg Diskowski is with us again this week from Avon Lake which as I remember is in Ohio hello Greg he says aloha how's the weather it's beautiful out here very very nice thank you Carl Postel in La Habra California near Los Angeles says hello to Doreen and, and to me. Thank you, Carol. Always good to hear from you. Uh, Greg's on here a couple of more times. Any thoughts on the next class topic? Oh, you mean um, the training that we're going to do? The first of the pay-per-view trainings is going to be on stress management. We're going to talk a little more about brain waves. Uh, the two minds, the relationship of the conscious mind to the subconscious mind. We'll also talk about the nature of fear and anxiety. We're going to start with some real basic information and build. So you're, you're going to want to be there at the beginning 
just uh, again listen to this class, this free mystery school. Uh, read the newsletter, and in a couple of weeks you get all the details on how to sign up and how to enroll and um, how you're going to get the password uh, to get in, so on and so forth. Let's do a quick little visualization exercise here. And uh, I've got this set to turn itself off at half past real time. You close your eyes and get comfortable. I always like to do a couple of shoulder shrugs and head rolls just to get sort of loose. And then sit back. You can allow, excuse me, you can, you can allow the back of the chair to support you if you'd like. If you want to sit up unsupported by a chair, think of yourself as balanced, not as a rigid two-by-four, but just nicely balanced with your shoulders back, your spine nicely aligned. And take a few slow, deep breaths and create and sense a relaxation feeling, especially on the exhalation side. Inhaling through the nose, pull in strength and power, but continue relaxing. And then as you exhale, just as slowly, Feel that letting go, that ah, that sigh of relief, a sigh of release. And with your eyes closed, allow yourself to become more and more relaxed, moving slowly deeper into a wonderful feeling of safety. And perhaps even visualizing in your mind's eye as if there were an imaginary movie screen in front of your forehead. Visualize a beautiful place of perfect peace, a garden or a wilderness. And imagine yourself walking through this beautiful place with a little stream splashing as it tumbles down the hillside, hearing the sound of the stream, and imagine it flowing into a small lake or a pond. Why don't you sit down on the ground there next to that little lake? And of course, the feeling that you're pretending and making all of this up is exactly the right feeling. And allow yourself to feel supported by the earth as you sit upon it beside the stream. And imagine picking up a little pebble or a rock. Physically, you need not move at all. Just imagine yourself tossing a pebble out into that little lake or pond. And when it hits the surface of the water, it goes kerplunk. And vibrations radiate out in all directions, 
from the point where the stone entered the water. And you can watch those ripples radiate out. Only through time and space, they become smaller and smaller and dissipate. Consider that the sound of the pebble or stone hitting the water, kerplunk. In the same way, our vibrations through the air that reached your eardrum and made that sensitive area inside your ear, the inner ear, vibrate, which is perceived by the auditory nerve and taken to a place in the brain where it's translated into a sound that sounds like kerplunk. That was a vibration too, just like the ripples on the surface of the water were vibrations. And if you were far enough away, you'd never hear that stone because the vibration dissipates through the air in the same way the little waves, the little ripples dissipate through the water and eventually fade away. But understand in metaphysics, a thought that you feel strongly about, that you care about, vibrates through the ethers and does not dissipate. For there is no space, nor time, outside of the physical. In the metaphysical, we are beyond space and time. In the void of no thing. And it is a bit paradoxical that all things, all apparent, seemingly separated things, from galaxies to grains of sand, spring from a place of no thing. And yet this is the spiritual and metaphysical truth of sages, mystics, saints, and yogis from all cultures and all times. That beyond space and time, there is a place where energy vibrates but does not dissipate. It is eternal and infinite. And so when your mind rests upon a thought that you wish to empower. Don't worry about negativity that passes through your mind. There are filters that are built in. But a thought that you dwell upon, that becomes fascinating, that you care about strongly, that you reinforce with passion with love. That thought goes out into the ethers 
sprawl of eternity where it becomes part of universal consciousness. As you can imagine, there are many thoughts that are fear-based that are going out from human beings, even from animals and arguably from the other kingdoms that are fear-based, that are the result of confusion and ignorance vibratory rates that need to be lifted that need to be refined you might even say redeemed and the beautiful thing is that when you use the consciousness of peace and love and you bring that to bear upon your mentality you put out positive, life-affirming constructs and concepts which not only manifest but uplift the negative. And so all of your thoughts should be dedicated and all of your passions dedicated to the greater good of all concerned. Knowing Nothing stands outside of the one life. And so think a positive thought of love and peace, a positive vision for humanity. Include the animals and the plants and the mineral kingdom and release effortlessly, simply release this higher vibration into the world. But know that by caring about it, by loving it, it becomes a permanent part of the universe forevermore to every corner, instantly, everywhere, equally present. Your positive, loving, heartfelt intentions become a support a part of the supporting structure of the universe. And then breathe. Hold as you peek, and now as you exhale, uh, open your eyes, wide awake, alert, back in the room, feeling fine, all rested and refreshed and better than before. So there you go, lesson three from the Kabbalion. We have four more to go. So watch your newsletter, visit theagelesswisdom.com, and uh, if you're not getting the newsletter, you can click on the button there to leave just a name and an email address, and go to our sister site, focusedpassion.com. There's an ED in there. It's the w's.focusedpassion.com, and again, just leave at least your first name and an email address to get a free account. All right, then you're all set up there. And remember, in a couple of weeks, when we add the optional training in the Wisdom School, a subscription to that will be included. So you can either subscribe for three ninety-six a month, or just hold off on that. And as soon as we tell you how to enroll in the mystery school that'll be included 
it's pennies a day in any event. Um, less than your Starbucks coffee, probably less than what you put in the parking meters, and uh, certainly in your interest. Remember, you can send these programs uh, in either event, whether you're a paid subscriber or getting the free programs. They're all available to be forwarded through email to your friends. They're not copyrighted in this regard. And on both sites, The Ageless Wisdom and FocusedPassion.com, there are obvious tools to forward these audio programs to your friends. So please do that. All right? Share what works for you. It doesn't cost anything to do that once you're a subscriber. So share what works for you. Put it out there in the world. Thanks again for being here. Join us next week. And as always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. Aloha from Maui, Hawaii. <laughs>